When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. Welcome to the Stochastic.com NBA Strategy Show. Tuesday, what is it, February 27th? Yes, February 27th. Nine-game action today, coming off a four-game slate yesterday. We got a lot to talk about. Welcome in. Happy to have you with us. Dave Lockrett, Josh Engelman, breaking it all down. 10 a.m. Oh, God. Another day, man. Another day. NBA basketball. Hey, baseball's coming up pretty soon. I, a couple meant, weeks, I meant man. Say, meant to say this to you the other. I was thinking about this yesterday that, like you, you and I had talked about streaming on playback and like kind of just hopping on at random times. Yeah, there might be times where you have a big day slate, and you know betting's going to be legal in North Carolina on what the eleventh or something, like two weeks for you. Uh, yeah, we, it, we go live for registration in like two days, and then we're live, I believe, the eleventh. Yeah. So, like, there might be times where we could just, like, all right, we got a few home run props. We got some, uh, you know, like, RBI props, whatever it may be, and just jump on, like, one in the afternoon, hang out, as we would just regardless. Might be a lot of fun to sweat baseball on playback. I feel like it's built it's, for that. I think it's perfect. Like, if, if you can get in there and bounce, I mean, we've already shown how quickly you can bounce between the NF NBA games. To bounce back and forth between plate appearances is going to be, like, to me, that's the ultimate. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. I can't wait. Happy to have you guys with us. Hey, take a single second to tone for your sins here on a Tuesday morning. Hit that thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. Leave a comment down below. If you're listening or watching after the fact, we read them, we see them, we appreciate them. Good or bad, nice or mean, that's okay. Oh, and as always, podcasts. If you want to listen in podcast form, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we got you covered. So we got nine games. We're going to dig into this. We're going to get to it right away. Right it's after. Awful. Right, right it's after. Awful. What's that? This slate is awful. Get right. A lot of games where you're just like, nope, nobody. I know. It's so funny because every time I see a four-game slate, I'll hit you up and I'll be like, nice, four-game slate. And this should be easy. But they always take longer than yeah. these Nine, 10 games. They always take longer because there's certain, sp you know, in, in baseball, it's even crazier. When you have those huge 13 game slates, whatever, you know, a Tuesday or a Friday or something like that, where the only day game is Wrigley and you've got 14 games, you know, yeah. and you're like, oh, this is going to be a, a massive drag. And can we even help doing something like this? And then you realize there's eight games where you just go, nope. Nine, <laughs> nine of the 18 teams that play today have 32% or less aggregate exposure on a nine gamer. Yeah. And it, like, it's, there's just, it's, it's a lot of ugly shit. <laughs> well, let's dive into it before we do quickly, because you and I on Friday was a speaking Friday, of ugly. We, we said we had, what's that? Speaking of ugly. <laughs> said we had to talk about this. So if you guys recall, yeah. And uh, indulge us. Indulge us for a brief moment here. If you guys recall, Josh and I, and you guys as well, all of us, were talking about like, all right, who was, who were 
the 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 best women from Game of Thrones, right? And we went through many of them. I mean, almost all of them. I think we all agreed that Brienne of Tarth was up there. Um, Tippy top. I mean, literally, she's six foot 14. And I had said, who, who did you say yours was? Uh, Masande. Right. And I had gone to, no, you said it was the girl from uh, from Dorne. Oh, oh yeah, that works too. Either one yeah. of those are, I'm, I'm very happy to win this conversation. And I said Cersei, right? Yes, you did. So afterwards, Josh and I, we take we take some time to hang out after these shows from time to time and talk about meaningless, pointless stuff that wastes time. Mm -hmm. And we go and we look at Cersei, right? Because we, Josh was saying, like, how could you want to be with a, a, a girl that, you know, in the show, you know, the love affair with her own brother? And I said, you know, I can overlook it. Anyway, we go in and Josh pulls something up and goes, you've got to be kidding me. So her ex-husband, her ex-husband, what was his name in real life? I don't I don't remember. Hold on. Was it? Uh, I mean, I know his last name. His last name was Lochran, spelled exactly the same as mine. And yes. then we looked it up. And, hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. What was her real uh, name? Peter Paul Lochran. Peter Paul Lochran, right? So this is just odd out of the gate. And then we pulled up an image of it, and <laughs> there uh, were a few. Not, where there was a legitimate resemblance. If you told me that that guy was your brother, or you for that matter, I could believe it unequivocally. It's, it's so clear weird. that you guys share DNA. It is so strange, man. And uh, just the what. What are, what are the odds that not only is it Peter Paul Lochran, but comes from the same area of all of my ancestors? Yeah. Like, uh, Jordan, make sure you're pulling up a couple of the other pictures. If you search for Peter Paul Lochran, you get a couple others that are a little bit more like directly to Laffy. Just the, the strangest thing I've ever seen, man. If, if you search for him, yeah, so... Uh, uh, we have a slightly different view here. Yeah, not that one. <laughs> I mean, kind of that one. <laughs> I mean, I do wear that shirt when I'm not on shows. But funny stuff, dude. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. Someone needs to, to see if we can contact this fine fella and see if we can uh, trace back my lineage. See old. I mean, you just get into his DMs. He's gonna be like, "Well, how am I messaging myself?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The parallel universe. Anyway, do, do you SVT? think he goes by? Hold on. Do you think he goes by Laffy underscore PP? <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever. <laughs> SVT <sighs> said, "Damn, Dave could have definitely scored Cersei." That's the way I'm looking at it, man. I could have pulled old Cersei Lannister, and maybe you still can. Maybe that'd be like the ultimate revenge for her. I think I, I think I, I think I think I should try. Be like, hey, Peter Paul might not have worked out. She did just recently get married to another guy that, honestly, you could tell me that he's in your family tree, and I'd believe that too. Really? Yeah, <laughs> All right. kinda. All right. So she's into this look. I'll hit her up. 
slide into the DMs. I think I wonder if she has like a vision problem. I think <laughs> I think Justine would understand. Like, hey, remember seriously from Game of Thrones? She'd get it. Yeah. All right. Just wanted to throw that out there for you guys. Thought you may find it entertaining. If not, well, don't care. Uh, John P said she's fifty. Yeah, dude, have you se have you seen her? Yeah, why is that a why is that a problem? Yeah, I'm not talking about till our last dying breath or nothing like that. You know, this is no till death do us part. You're not gonna sword fight for her? Yeah. No. <laughs> but uh yeah, Donnie, she's into the lops. That's I think so. I think so. I think so. Anyway, let's get into it. Uh nine games today, Lafayette underscore P. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, have me going. Dallas. At Cleveland, 232 and a half point total. Mavs, four and a half point dogs on the road. Uh, all right. So, Luke is probable. Is there any injury news for Dallas that we really need to be paying attention to? Like, Dante Exum's doubtful again, but he's been out. So, yeah. I don't, I don't think it really matters all that much. I also know from what you mentioned at the top of the show, there are a lot of teams that we're just not going to be getting to a ton of. It's yeah. against Cleveland, slow-paced team, good defense at home. The Cavs are back to being at full strength. Yeah. The only question now is if Luca's coming in at, you know, truly sub 2% ownership, $12,000 though, on a slate where you have Giannis against Charlotte, big favorites, but Charlotte is the worst rim defending team in the league. Like there this could this could be ugly real quick. Damian, yeah. Lil uh, Damian Lillard in that same game. I could go down the list. You get my point, though. Um, not a ton of crazy high-priced options, but is it going to no. be hard to prioritize Luka against Cleveland? Yeah, I don't think that he looks great. I mean, this is basically as bad of a spot as he can have. He's projected for 2% ownership. We have him at 5% optimal. Like We're going to see a lot of like 2 or 3% leverage options just because everybody's so low-owned. I got one share of Josh Green and one share of PJ Washington. And like, that's just randomness. PJ Washington is pulling the most ownership, 7% optimal, 7% owned. Like we have Tim Hardaway, 8% optimal. This is all going to come out and settle in the wash, but they have a, a grand total of 18% aggregate ownership for today. It's one of the lowest marks that we have on the slate. If you want to play anybody, the guys that I think that you want to play are Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. I, I don't really see the the path to being excited of getting to some of their value options. No matter what you think of what P.J. Washington has been, 0.77 uh, DK points per minute over the last 30 days. I have a hard time advocating for anything for Dallas right now. We don't have nearly enough value to get up to the 12K range to get to Luka with any sort of regularity. And we have an absolutely loaded like 7k range. I mean, I have 62, 24, 86, 46, and 20. Those are exposures to just guys in the 7Ks. We have a, a, a vast array of 10 to 15 to 20% owned guys in that range. It's just a fully balanced slate for right now. Yeah, and we're only getting the 5% Luca in our first Sims run. Yeah. By the way, shout out to Greg Ehrenberg chopping the first place yesterday. Using yeah. the Sims tool, too. Sims tool has made Greg a lot of money this year. He's, no he's, he's got a couple extra shekels in his pocket from the Sims tool. Yeah, just Love, a couple. What, my four most exposed dudes were all giant smash plays last night. 
DeLon Wright, Jalen Brunson, Benedict Matherin, and Keegan Murray. But I didn't have Scotty Barnes, the highest scorer on the slate. I had 5%. It was my death sentence. And, you know, the problem is on a four-game slate. I have to. Do, it doesn't. Like, you can you can actually avoid that if you've built a good lineup on a nine-game slate. Yeah, You can't no, avoid no, it on a three- or four-game slate. No, so I was behind the eight ball, even though I had all of the pieces that I would have wanted to have in, in abundance. Yeah, that's why Like there are t- there are many times where the two-game NFL slates – where I can know if I, not even joking, where I, I basically know if I'm going to, you can know if you're going to cash or not even get close to cashing yeah. in the first quarter of a game. Oh yeah, I the first, not, the, I mean, like if you don't have the first touchdown, you're probably dead to the top spot. It, it, not necessarily. Like if it's a- Depends who it is. Exactly. So if, if it's, it's like well, a standard issue wide receiver, like, you know, T Higgins scores the touchdown and you don't have it, like you're probably already beat. Yeah. Or like, okay, here's a good example. Or you needed 10 more touchdowns. (laughs) Yes. There was a Saturday night slate where I think it was, or Saturday slate, two games where I think it was uh, Colts and Steelers. And in the first quarter, the Steelers opened it up with like a George Pickens 70 yard touchdown. If you don't, if you didn't have George Pickens, you'd. Yeah. The length of the touchdown matters. That's what I mean. Yes. And I was. I was underweight on him that day, and I knew, no joke, I actually just stopped paying close attention, and I've started building showdown lineups. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, no reason to stick around at that point. No. With basketball, it's a little bit more of a drawn-out process. You'll never really know in the beginning, but if a guy has a massive first quarter, like 30 fantasy point first quarter, and you don't have him, it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. But football, your day can be over before it starts. It could be the first play of the day and your day is over. Yep. This is crazy. It's the worst. Anyway, or it's just you're like, man, I'm in good shape now. Just depends. I, yeah, I don't I don't know what you're talking about there. That's never <laughs> that's literally I've never one. had that person score a touchdown in my life in NFL. It's been five years. <laughs> it never feels that way, does it? It never no. feels it always feels in football to go the complete opposite direction. I've never had like a giant stand and that dude scored the first touchdown for their team ever, as far as I could tell. And then you almost feel like you're free rolling. Yeah. It's always the anti-free roll, the reverse. Yep. And then it turns out like the chalk that I faded also scores three TDs that day. And it's like, well, none of this matters. Yeah. All from one yard out, just garbage. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland, four and a half point favorites. So you talk about these 7K guys. Where does Jared Allen slot into that then? Because on DraftKings, you've got him at $7,300 today. He's been producing well with or without Donovan Mitchell on the field. Or on the court, ah, back to football. Uh, hmm. 7,700 center power forward eligible on FanDuel, 20%. Wow. But I should note that the rest of this team is virtually unowned. And yeah. that can be said pretty much on both sites outside of like an 8% Karis Levert on DraftKings. So this is not going to hold for me. It will all, obviously, I expect it to come down. I am very heavy on Jared Allen today. 7,300. He's playing 34 minutes a night. Like, we had those two games without Donovan Mitchell in. I don't think that matters all that much for Jared Allen playing time. Last five games, 37, 35, 34 and a half, 36, and 37 minutes. Um, It was relatively flat the two games before that. Then he got up to 37 again. I have him in for 34 minutes. He's in 60% of my stuff right now. 1.18 DraftKings points per minute over the last 30 days. He's a pretty standard 1.15 to 1.2 guy anyway. 
you know, yes, do they have Daniel Gafford now and then Derek Lively? So they have like real centers. Sure. But they're still Daniel Gafford and Derek Lively. Like Jared Allen is a better center than both of those dudes unequivocally. I have them projected for 18 and 11 right now. This spot looks fantastic. I think he's the best center play on today's slate. He's one of the few interesting things I have here because I have, you know, a couple shares of Karis Levert and a share of Darius Garland. I like Donovan Mitchell, but at 9,400, you can kind of compare him to whatever you want. I did take his over in prize picks, so I will have a little bit of love for Donovan Mitchell, but I think right now, Jared Allen is one of the best plays on today's slate. We have a little bit of negative leverage on him right now. Uh, We have him projected for 40 fantasy points. I have it at 41, so it's not as if I have some sort of giant outlandish projection in comparison to where we're at. He just stands out to me at that price tag. He's underpriced. Yeah, he is. That 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 was the first thing that jumped off to me. Plus, he's not super high owned. Either. I mean, he's getting ownership, no. but he, I mean, he, he has to get a little bit of it because exactly. I think he, like there's a reason we see him come in at fourteen and a half percent optimal as a center on a nine gamer. Like that's a pretty big number for what this slate is. Absolutely. Plus, you're not particularly worried about this front court matchup with Dallas. No, I'm almost happy that Dallas has like what they have. They're like they're gonna. You don't have to play it any different if they're going to be running out, you know, 40 plus minutes of regular centers. Exactly. Yeah. Des, Des Morris said, when I put on my Jordans, I think of Jordan Klein, not Michael. Yeah. Dude, my, my wife just bought my two-year-old a pair of Jordans the other day. What By kind? the way, my daughter's name is Jordan. Yeah. And Are they, did you get knockoffs since it's spelled different? Yeah. <laughs> J-O-R-D-Y-N's. <laughs> yeah. And I know where to buy those too. So we're at, we were, we were at the mall. I had to grab something from a uh, little Dick sporting goods. Okay. And I went off by myself. They went off. Come, she comes walking down the aisle. She'll be three on Saturday, but she comes walking down the aisle with Jordan's on. I go, what the hell is this? Obviously I didn't say that. I was like, Oh, great. But dude, you do realize you buy a kid. Those they're just, dis- she destroyed them in two days. Ridiculous. So- the only thing that matters to me is what shoe it is. I know you don't know, but no, I don't. I know they're Jordans. Yeah, that's vast. Here's what I know. Like, here's what I know. That spending just... like sixty dollars on a pair of kids' shoes is egregious. It, it, it's of, not even the of... it's not even the destruction to me. I assume she grows out of those shoes in like three months. I don't know how kids' that's, feet that's work. That's exactly. And by the time she's grown out of them, they'll be destroyed because she's always playing outside and stuff. It's yeah. it's on principle. You need to get her like a, a screened device so she doesn't have to go outside. Yeah, that's a great idea. I'll get her. You don't have a, she doesn't have I'll a Nintendo Apple, Switch I'll get yet. her Apple Vision Pro. Perfect, dude. Get her started <laughs> now. She'll be great. It'll be great. She'll be having great. Bluey up on one screen and... Some other dumb shit show that I don't know on another screen. I, I can't name kids shows. I don't know any of them. Caillou? Who's that little bald kid? Oh, I know who you're talking about. I, know, I forget his name. I think uh, he's like notoriously known as like the biggest jerk off of anybody on kids shows. Yeah. Oh, I thought Josh said Paiu. No. Yeah. Why did you know who Paiu was? Who's Paiu? I don't know. You told me you were like, yeah, I heard of that. <laughs> you didn't even hear it right. Well, I, I knew who you meant. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I knew who you were yeah. referring to. I, why do I know it and not you? 
Correct, David Eckenrod. That is the best kids. That is that is my favorite show for kids. I watch it. I enjoy it. Trash. Trash. I put. I I watch Bluey a lot in this house. People. Wait, what? Oh, because you're your nephew, your niece or nephew. No, no, no. Uh, apparently, that show is made uh, to be very friendly in, with color schemes to dogs. Oh, so so I put it on in the house when the dogs are downstairs to have like noise. So you're one of those freaks. Apparently. Yeah. Anything else for Cleveland? I got to do my research on kids shows. <laughs> Anything else on Cleveland? Uh, not really. I, I mean, Donovan Mitchell's probably not getting enough love. Like, I think he looks a lot better than trying to get to um, Luca in this scenario. Garland's still at sixty eight hundred. That's not the fifty nine hundred dollar price tag we had last week, but I think he's still more than viable if you want shares of something. But to me, it's Jared Allen by a mile. All right, let's have a, uh, a quick conversation about the Warriors here. Eleven point favorites against Washington. Two forty and a half total. Once we get to Washington, just a lot of injury news that we have to keep an eye on. Can we talk about Curry for a second? No ownership. I understand why. You know, he's he's relatively pricey, coming off a few really terrible games. But is there is there any merit to saying, you know what, I'm going to play this for the, the potential Curry ceiling game where he goes for 50-plus against a terrible Wizards defense fast-paced team, or is it just too tough to get there today? Too tough to get there, I think. Like, I don't think he looks as good as Donovan Mitchell did in the previous game. Um, that said, like, there's always merit to any of these ceiling-type plays. Right. But I rarely get to Curry to begin with. Obviously, the spot is fantastic. Uh, but again, this is an incredibly low-owned team. They have 31% aggregate ownership. Add them to the list of the nine teams that I mentioned. Think about that. They're that this low owned in the dream matchup. They're like, they're even on the road. So it can make Washington look a little bit better. That's still not helping us out here. I got a share of Wiggins, a share of Pajemski and a share of Jonathan Kaminga. The most optimal play we have right now is Gary Payton at 7% optimal. That will go away. I promise. Um, and then it's 6% Curry, 6% Wiggins, 6% Pajemski, 6% Draymond. Like, yeah, like all of these guys can work as th that this is like the, the overwhelming narrative for today is basically every starter is in play to be in your lineup, but they're going to be relatively low owned. Whether you're playing Wiggins, Pajemski, Draymond Green, Kaminga, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, they are all functional people that can be in lineups and you're not making mistakes but none of them look good. When we're talking about this slate, there are a couple spots that are very, very obvious. These are the guys that should get owned more. And then there's this giant like bucket of basically every starter that exists on every team. Yeah, pretty much. And you, there are also guys like Doncic and Curry and those types where if they were in the winning lineup, nobody would bat an eye at it. No, not at all. Yeah, it's just difficult to get there. But Washington, on the other hand, all right, so clearly not a good spot. I mean, when you're double-digit home favorites, you know things aren't going particularly well. And, yeah, I'm with you. It's brutal. Uh, but so we already know that Koulibaly's out. But then you've got Denny Avdia, Corey Kispert, Landry Shamit, all questionable here. As it stands right now, 23% ownership going to Kuzma. Tyus Jones is picking up 17%. Uh, we have Avdia in right now because that was an illness, I believe, right? 
Maybe not. I feel like everyone's getting sick and missing multiple games right now. I don't remember. Uh, no, it's a, he it's a heel. It's a heel. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, dude, I don't know. This is, there, there's, there's a lot of move, put it this way. There's a lot of moving parts here. A lot of moving parts with Washington. Yeah. Unfortunately for us though, there are some parts that are pretty much locked in, at least for me. This is one of the teams that are actually getting ownership. We have 20% coming to Kuzma to start off my day. He is currently in 80% of my lineups. I think he might be my favorite play today. 7,400 power forward center. Um, He's like a 1.25 to 1.3 fantasy point per minute guy in this spot. We have him at 41. I have him at 42 and a half. So I'm a little bit heavier here. We're talking 29% usage. I think he's better off having pool coming off the bench. Uh, he's, you know, seven boards as well, four assists. This is one of my most exposed dudes today. I feel, I feel like Kuzma today is my, my Murray from yesterday. Like this is just going to be a guy that I have today, no matter what. I honestly hope the ownership comes down a little bit, but I'm going to be well over the field on Kuzma. I think he's getting underrepresented. But then we get to the rest of these dudes. We've got Landry Shamit in for 5% ownership. We gave him 24 minutes. I went 28. I assume he starts again. Um, it could be Kispert. They could take him out, but Bilal Koulibaly is not going to be playing in this game, so that matters. Um, we also have the Q tag on Landry Shamit. Like, he could also just not play. Denny could just not play. Like, those things are going to matter, but if Shamit's in the starting lineup, he's one of the better value plays that I see. He's in 20% of my lineups. I'd like to get to Kispert at 4,500 if he's in. He could be starting and look even better. Denny has been incredibly hot lately. 6,500 small forward eligible. If he is in, I think his 13% ownership is uh, about right uh, based on the way that he's been playing. 1.13. DraftKings points per minute over the past 30 days. I think Tyus Jones is more than viable at 6,200. He's 15% owned. We have him with an 11% optimal rate, so a little bit of negative leverage, but he's in 16% of my lineups. I have five guys from the Wizards right now in at least 10% of my stuff. Those numbers could become much more extreme if we lose even one of Denny, Kispert, and Shannon. The team stinks, but there's big minutes in the starting lineup, especially with Koulibaly out. Yeah. How would you prioritize them behind Kuzma? Like, do you have any real preference on Tyus Jones and Avdia, assuming that Avdia plays? Um, I prefer Avdia to Tyus Jones. Just small forwards, way harder to fill than point guard. And I think he projects a little bit better. Uh, Shamit would be the guy that I'd prioritize the most if everybody's in and he stays in the starting lineup. And I think he would. Okay. Brooklyn and Orlando, 214 total. Uh, Orlando Magic, nine and a half point home favorites here. For Brooklyn, Ben, second of a back-to-back, -back, of course. Ben Simmons is out. I, I'm saying Cam Thomas is doubtful. We don't have a real injury report here, but I'd be surprised if he plays, Josh. He got x-rays last night. Yeah, so I actually put him in. Really? Um, we had a little bit of a back and forth. He said he felt fine after it via some sort of quote. Yeah, uh, S&P was letting me know that. Swell but... up overnight. He also was never going to come back into that game. Like that game, they were up 30 when he got hurt. It's his last rotation. So sure. like he didn't have to ever come back. So when you see like Cam Thomas not returning, when I saw that, I like, my first question was like, oh shit, like he's not going to play. But apparently it's not nearly as bad as it seems. And it was probably, it could be more precautionary. I think we're going to see him with a Q tag, but I do have him in right now. Okay. 
We I don't. Look at it more, like, anyone's going to say they're fine after a game if it's not major. If you're getting x-rays and they diagnose a sprain, we don't even need to have this conversation now, right? Yeah. Um, S&P, if you're here, if you're still here, drop whatever those quotes were in chat. Yeah, sure. And uh, yeah, Jordan, I put that in the run sheet as doubtful, just so I remember. Don't put that doesn't need to go on the screen. I just wanted to throw that out there to Josh because, like, second of a back to back, it's a weird spot. But we'll figure it out. What if he doesn't play? Ben Simmons is already out. Yeah. Ken Thomas wakes up and he goes, you know what? This is a little tender this morning. Lonnie Walker season, man, 3,900 shooting yep. guard, small forward. Even if you get him to like 22, 23 minutes where we have him, he's 15% optimal. We have this one grading out way different. I, I assume because of Cam Thomas, because we have 13, 5% leverage to Bridges, three to Claxton, five to Cam Johnson, 10 to Lonnie Walker, five to Dorian Finney-Smith, eight to Dayron Sharp. Like, I don't see it like that right now because of having Cam Thomas in. But Brooklyn could look a little bit better. This is a dreadful spot. 214 total is the lowest on the slate. Orlando's 28th in pace, 5th in defense. Like, everything looks... You don't want to get to Brooklyn. You want Cam Thomas to play so you don't have to roster these guys. Yeah. I think the only guy that I want to get to is Dennis Schroeder. 29% owned. We have him at 27% optimal. I have him in 20% of my lineups. He got the start yesterday um, instead of Ben Simmons. Now Ben Simmons isn't here. Maybe Cam Thomas isn't here. Even in 29 minutes, like, I think we can get to Schroeder. I took his under on prize picks, so I'm going to need Cam Thomas to get his ass in this game. But I think Schroeder is pretty clearly the best play for Brooklyn if Cam Thomas can play. Yeah, and if he doesn't, you're like you said, if he doesn't, you're not going to have any. You're going to have to consider Brooklyn. Yeah, you're. I mean, like right out of the gate, Lonnie Walker is going to be a thing. Mikel Bridges becomes a much bigger thing because then you don't have a 30% usage Cam Thomas soaking it up. Like Bridges is going to take more shots. I'm not a huge like fan of Nick Claxton here. I, I like, I don't think he looks anywhere close to Jared Allen. Um, we do like him. However, like you start having to think about does DSJ pick up a couple extra minutes? Does Cam Johnson pick up a couple extra minutes? How much can Jalen Wilson play in this spot? Probably doesn't matter because he's not a great per minute dude, but you give a pretty sizable bump to a lot of stuff from Brooklyn, but it's not going to feel good in this matchup. No, and we won't know. I mean, look, here's a good thing. We have Deeper Dive. You have Live Before Lock tonight. You have both of those shows that are going to be live, and, and we'll have we'll we'll have word on this one for sure. This is a 7 o'clock game, right? Uh, yeah, it's a 7 o'clock game, so nothing to be really worried about here. But as it stands right now, yeah, you have Schroeder getting ownership, Obviously, there's no Ben Simmons today. Do you think, last question I want to ask you, do you think, I, I agree, I don't think this holds. Do you think the, the ownership between Schroeder and Dennis Smith should be so vast? 29% so, yeah. point three. I, I Like, in my mind, no. They don't appear to be wanting to play DSJ. F last five games, this is all since the, the deadline, 15, 18, 16, 15, 14. Like, they're just not going to him. Um, I'm a little surprised by that, but it doesn't, uh, I think we would have already seen that trend up more if Kevin Ollie liked him, but it does. I, I don't get the vibe that he does. Yeah. You're probably right. It does feel that way. Yeah. But then if I like, the, like he's just, that would be like a real low level flyer for today. But then give it, but, but with that in mind, then if that's the case, if we're, if we're going to go with that narrative, not even a narrative, if we're going to go 
you know, in that direction. And Ben Simmons is out and they don't want to use Dennis Smith Jr. It's an ugly game. They're big dogs on the road against the slow paced, good defensive Orlando team. But then Dennis Schroeder's very live for big minutes today. Yep. Yeah, he really is. I mean, the real well, the real hope here is that you kind of just get Lonnie Walker playing like 28 and you yeah. don't have to give so many additional minutes to Dennis Schroeder. Especially because Schroeder's not 3800 He is still $4,800. Yeah, he looks great, though. I mean, if you're giving him 30 today, yeah. it's it's pretty hard to get away from that. I don't see why you wouldn't. I mean, he played 26 uh, and didn't play the, the final, like, eight minutes of that game in a blowout yeah. yesterday. And that was yeah, with Ben great. Simmons still playing some minutes. To me, very easy to get to, but the rest of the team is very TBD because we have we need to know, we need their injury report. Yep. All right. What about the Orlando Magic? Bankara is questionable, by the way. Yeah, uh, that one's going to matter a little bit for just like opening up value through the rest of it. But this is another one of those teams that's not getting any love. 18% aggregate exposure for the entire team is quite low. I don't have a single share of anyone for Orlando. You know, obviously, you can play Franz Wagner. You can play Paolo Bancaro. I assume Wendell Carter Jr. goes back to the starting lineup as the center if Bancaro comes back. You know, we could probably have a conversation about Goga if Bancaro ends up out. Um, but I don't see anything here that I wanted to really prioritize. Uh, Brooklyn plays slow. Orlando plays slow. Like, this is just a real gross game that I don't really want. What if Bancaro is out? And Jonathan Isaac, who is questionable, plays. It's I mean, still tough uh, to believe that they're going to feed him a lot of minutes. It just hasn't been in the cards. No, I'm 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 less than interested in Isaac. I'd be more interested in Goga, assuming he gets the start again, than I would be. I actually, I haven't even looked at Goga's price tag, so maybe that's not even a true statement. Goga is forty four hundred. Okay, so I probably won't even be interested in Goga. I, I don't. Bancaro out is going to make me want to get to Franz Wagner more, Jalen Suggs more, maybe Cole Anthony to a degree. I, I don't anticipate having much of John Isaac. They just don't get, like, they just don't really give him that. Like his ceiling's what, 20 minutes? Like, don't get me wrong. He's going to look good at 20 fantasy points. And, like, he's going to be a 5X play, but I think you just add him to the list of like all right guys. Yeah. What's the most minutes he's played in the? He like we gave 12? him twenty and a half right now. Uh, that's uh, that uh, that doesn't add up for me. The most he's played all year is twenty five, and that was back on February tenth. He played yeah. twenty five. He followed that up with fifteen and fourteen. I mean, he, he like he plays like seventeen a game, right? Yeah. So you don't think Bancaro's absence would be enough to get him up to like a twenty four minute range? I doubt it. I just don't think they want to do that, especially with him coming off of an injury the last time out that he played, like he played yeah. two and a half minutes. Exactly. He is frequently injured. I think it's incredibly difficult to assume that he plays 20 minutes after. I think he's way more likely to not play than play 20 plus minutes. All right. Last question on Orlando. What if Pelo Bancaro and Jonathan Isaac are out? Like, then do you start looking at that 4,400 on Batadze and go, hey, that actually looks pretty damn good? No, I think he's still probably only getting, like, 22 minutes at that spot. Like, when he, like, the last time out, he was flat 3K or whatever. That's 
that's the reason Goga became a thing. In this case, if he's at 4,400, you're probably even more interested in Mo Wagner because he has the power forward eligibility at that point. But I think it really just becomes a lot of France. This is just really a terrible game environment. It's hard to really unleash anything here. Yep, it is. And in the Sims, I will say, we're getting 13% exposure to Isaac right now. My guess is that comes down. Like, I, I would be shocked yeah. if by the time we get to 7 o'clock on a 9-gamer that we're going to have... 13% Jonathan. I wouldn't be surprised if we had 1% Isaac by the time this locks. Yeah. No, neither would I. Uh, it's just, it's not going to be 10% optimal at 6 o'clock tonight. I can promise you that. Philly and Boston. Well, here we go. 76ers. This team is... Embiid should win the MVP just to see what's happened, just because we see what's happened to the Sixers team without him. <laughs> Dude, by the way, five games today, 10 plus underdogs. One of them, Brooklyn, I had at nine and a half. So almost six. Right. Just gross and day today. So essentially six double digit dogs on a nine yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. But Not Philly good. being one of them. This was, this could have been a great game to watch a month ago. Was, every, yeah. It's always a good game to watch when you get in B going up against Boston. But not today, man. Not today. Uh, look, I, I don't I don't see how you can get to to anybody from Philly today. It just doesn't make sense. Boston at home, huge favorites. Philly 108 implied total. Uh, Celtics very good at defending the three. They're the it least owned team on the slate. They should be. I don't really think there's much to say. I, I don't even see the, I don't even see the like, oh, that's a good contrarian tournament play. I mean, like Maxi's the same thing as Steph to me in this scenario. He's 8,800. Like if Philly's going to be in this game or win it or something like that, I, it's it's going to be pretty hard for that to happen if Maxi doesn't have a, like they're not getting a, a below average Maxi game and winning. So uh, if, if you think that Philly can win this game, I would hitch my wagon to Tyrese Maxi. Uh, I would rather have nothing, which is what I have. Boston's in a great spot, but they're a tough team to get to routinely because they yeah. have just a lot of good players that, you know, are going to be involved every single night. Right now, we've got, what, 11% on DraftKings to $7,500 Porzingis, around 10% to a 6K Drew Holiday. On FanDuel, uh, let's see, does that look any different? 5% to Porzingis is the high mark. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's it. And looking at some of these uh, price points, it makes sense. Tough, tough game in general to get to. I like the idea of getting to a $9,800 Tatum. Um, we have him 3% optimal, 4% owned, so maybe I'm crazy. I also projected Tatum for 37 minutes and not 35, so I have a much bigger projection. Thinking about it like that, I still got zero. So if you're looking for any sort of reference, I have Jason Tatum projected five points higher than we do, and I still don't get him in a lineup. I think that's pretty telling for what you can do here for Boston. I don't have Holiday. I don't have Porzingis. I did get one share of Jalen Brown. I think it's hard to really get here because I think the assumption is that they're going to be able to take their foot off the gas. Yeah, and maybe not. Look, Boston plays down to – we've seen them play down to opponents quite often, but, you know, you can't go in. you can't go into this with that assumption. You just can't. Let's talk Utah and the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young out at least four weeks. Yeah. He's never going to play for Atlanta again. You don't think? Nope. What's the ideal landing spot? San Antonio. Had this conversation on the process this morning. 
with yourself and the rest of my crew uh san antonio yeah that'd be funny given that san antonio had dejounte murray before interesting swap atlanta can get a couple of their picks back san antonio is going to have two top 10 picks this year that for a little bit of additional ammo the idea of Trey throwing lobs to Wemby from all sorts of different directions is enticing. Look, if nothing else, like even if they don't end up being a championship team, that'd be like, that's the type of team where you're like, hey, I got tickets to the Spurs today. You want to go? And, I, and yeah. there's not a single person that would say no. In the and they're world. a playoff. If, if Wemby's healthy, they're a playoff team next year if he and Trey Young are both healthy. They have. A billion dollars in cap room, you know, plenty of dudes to fill out the rest of the roster and like really start slotting people into their proper roles. When Devin Vassell can go to be the third best guy on the team or maybe fourth, depending on who they try to sign, like that's when it starts to really consolidate. Yeah, I could see that. Looking at Sleeper, our sponsor of today's show, I don't think there's a single Pick'em site or app out there that gives out as many free squares as Pick'em does. Feels like it's essentially every day. I yeah. also don't think there's, I actually know from when we talk about that, there's not one that's doing up to $500 first match deposit bonus either. 100% matched up to $500. So if you have 500, that is like, the, if you have 500, there's not another place that you should be depositing at first. Nope. Before sleeper. If no. you have 2,000 in prize picks, you should be taking 500 and putting it into sleeper. And uh, yeah. we shout out prize picks all the time. You do videos over there. I think Underdog is a phenomenal site on all fronts. But when you're getting a 5X deposit bonus of all these other ones, there's, I don't really think there's much of an argument there to be made. No. Especially when they're consistently giving out free squares, right? And they have the dynamic pricing. So, like, if you wanted to go triple double, you're like, you're, you're convinced triple double's coming today on a guy that's like plus 600 somewhere or even a double-double. Well, you can't do that anywhere else. With the dynamic pricing and payouts on uh, on Sleeper, you can, because it's just multipliers. So it's like you add them to your lineup and you can go up to eight in a play, up to 100X your entry. You can go, all right, well, here's a home run prop I like. And it's plus 500. Well, now here at Sleeper, because anywhere else it just wouldn't be there. They can't offer it. At Sleeper, it's 5X. So if that hits... That's a 5X payout on top of whatever else you have. Uh, I, I told you, I think this will be standard place in the on the Pick'em sites in the coming years in some form or fashion. I think this will be adopted across the entirety of the injury because it now allows you to expand the menu across an insane array of props instead of just the ones with standard juice. I, and you agree with me. Like, There's no way other Pick'em sites don't start doing this. It's a no-brainer. It, it just it gives you the opportunity to take action on everything because you exactly that's it's it's that simple. It, it opens them up to just so much more volume by being yep. able to have that sort of multiplier system. And you want to be careful. Look, any of these you're going to get better and worse. Uh, we'll call them odds. You know, better yeah. or worse multipliers. Sometimes you'll find some real good ones. Link in the description. It's in chat as well. Five hundred dollar first match deposit bonus. Very solid stuff, plus the free squares and the dynamic payouts. They've got DeJounte Murray, um, 39 and a half PRA today, Josh. We'll start with Atlanta just for the sake of talking about this. 
he, I mean, look, he's a fantastic basketball player. And when you take Trey Young off the floor, you're going to see uh, a really significant uptick in usage, in in assist rate, just just overall touches. 39 yeah. minutes in a tough spot against Orlando. They blew him out. He had 25, 9, and 11. Triple-double upside for Murray is a real thing right now. The only difference is when we talk – remember I, we said this the other day. He's a $9,000-plus player without Murray. He'll be above 9,000 soon. He went from 7,800 to 8,900 overnight. He still looks great, though, even at that price tag. Matchup against the Jazz is very helpful. 25th in defensive rating, 5th in pace. He's in 25% of lineups. We have him 21% optimal, 26% owned. He's in 50% of my stuff to start the day. That is not the most exposed Atlanta Hawk that I have. We can get, we can keep that moving, but... Yeah, uh, he's in 70% of my stuff right now. I am locked and loaded here. And again, I only have four-tenths of a point higher on Bogdanovich than we do. Uh, 29% owned right now. Big, big stand. Matchup is fantastic. Minutes are going nowhere. Atlanta will ride these starters. Heavy, heavy minutes. I like getting to Sadiq Bay quite a bit. He's in 25% of my stuff. Jalen Johnson still looks really good. 7,900. Going to pick up some minutes at center as well. He's 10% owned, should be. And then Bruno Fernando, uh, you know, in around 17 minutes, this will go away, but he's 16% owned right now, 12% optimal. I have 12%. This won't hold by the end of today because as we get more value, playing the backup center for the Hawks is just going to become less appealing. But for right now, when we don't have it, he's a guy that I want to have my eye on. I still have a little bit of DeAndre Hunter, whose minutes are starting to creep up, but overwhelming priorities to DeJounte Murray and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Man, they weren't lying when they said Clint Capella was going to have an, a minutes restriction. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing, because when you hear minute, I remember asking you this the other day, I'm like, well, what does a minutes restriction mean for Clint Capella? Because normally him and Okongwa were essentially splitting minutes, right? You, you know, 50, 50, 55, 45, real close. So, yeah. When he came back, Okongwa was out. What is splitting or what does a minutes restriction mean? Does that mean a restriction off of the 24, 26 minutes that he'd been seeing before that? Or does that mean like a restriction based on Okongwa being out and him now being the actual starter? Well, we got our answer over the last two games, 17 and 19 minutes. Yeah, it's going to I think it's going to take a while for him to get back up to that, like 24, 26, 28 range. What I'm saying is, like, even if how long is a Congo out for a, a long time, a, a while? right? Uh, they they have no determination of when he is back right now, which is kind of telling. So what I'm saying, though, is it doesn't seem as though they want to give, give Clint, even with the Congo out. It doesn't seem like they want to give Clint Capella starter minutes to be I, I don't know if he's ever going to get legit starter minutes here in this spot do you think he will like 30 yeah. minute roll the moment that he's healthy he's going to get back to 28 29 minutes you think he will get up you know i'm saying like 30 yeah. plus i think 30 is probably like the most likely scenario okay that's going to be an opportunity in the near future if that's the case then because his price is going to be bottomed out when he gets I think they're going to just be really slow about it because they really just don't care. They still have him on a contract again for next year. So, like, yeah. they're not going to ride him into the ground either. Talk about the Jazz. No, Jordan, I said we're going to start with, with – I wanted to talk about Murray for a second. Uh, get to the Jazz here on the other side. It, look, a pretty appealing spot for both teams. Neither, neither matchup is all that imposing. The Utah Jazz today, they're not pulling that crazy ownership that you and I had seen in a lot of the most recent games. However, 
you still have five guys on a nine-game slate with double-digit ownership. It's just all between 10 and 17%, and then four guys between 15 and 17%. Sexton, Hendricks in the starting lineup now, Jordan Clarkson, John Collins, Laurie Markkinen, and Keontae George at 9.5%. It's seven guys if you want to if you round up. Oh, yeah, Dunn's at 9% too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's insane. It's basically the whole team's 10% owned, except for Bryce Sensabaugh and Walker Kessler. Um, the guy that I like the most here is Taylor Hendricks right now because we don't have a ton of value. 4,100 stepped into the starting lineup at power forward. He's like a 0. 0.75, 0. 0.8 guy, but great matchup against Atlanta. Bad defense, fast-paced game. So I like getting the value out of Hendricks. After that, like your mileage may vary here. Give me a little bit of marketing and that's fine. Give me a little bit of Chris Dunn. I think it's fine. Give me a little bit of Clarkson at 6K, shooting guard, small forward, fine. Uh, Sexton at 18% is a little healthy to me. That is some pretty sizable negative leverage. I tend to agree. Uh, other than the big 34-minute outburst he had on the 15th, he's been sitting right at like 26 minutes. Here are his minutes since February 1st. 25, 25. 26, 24, 26, 26, 26, 27. One game in there is 34. This dude plays 26 minutes a night. It like basically like clockwork. Um, I have a hard time wanting to get 18% of Colin Sexton when it seems like his minutes are like pretty well set now. Yeah. And also that 34 minute game, he was pretty electric right 35 yeah. points nine assists you keep him out there for that reason yeah Keontae George played 41 minutes in that game too like that was a very big outlier compared to everything else they do every other day wonder if this is the highest owned game on the slate uh it has to be right it's, it's 204 percent I mean the only other team over 100 is Chicago the only other team like Utah's number two Sorry, Atlanta's number two in ownership. Utah's number three. So there's no other way. Anything else for the Jazz? No, it's just sort of like, don't feel bad about getting anybody from Atlanta or from Utah. Like, I don't, I think Taylor Hendricks looks the best now. He'll probably come down as the day goes on. They just have a lot of guys that are fully viable, which is really kind of rough when it comes to trying to like project it. Great team for a great game for like a game stack. Because even no matter what pieces you're getting from Utah, they're not heavily owned. So I'm not saying this just to speed things along because we're fine here. Uh, and glad you guys are hanging with us. By the way, hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. I don't know if we're over 100, but I assume we can make that happen in the event that we aren't. We're at 78, so wake up, folks. 78? Oh, what's going on here? The New York Knicks are hosting the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Knicks are playing their second of a back-to-back -to -back today. That game went down to the wire against Detroit yesterday as well. But it did indeed. This there is one player in this game getting five or more percent ownership. That is Josh Hart at eight percent. Uh Zion's questionable. CJ McCollum is questionable. Jose Alvarado is out. But I assume Zion plays here. He has been playing back to backs. I believe this is the front end of a back to back. CJ McCollum practiced in full and you, yeah, you can tell me, I thought. What is this the front end of a back-to-back -back for new Orleans? I think it is. I have no idea. Okay. I believe, I think it is either way. I expect Zion to play. Yeah. This is the first half of a back-to-back -back. McCollum practiced. So I would think he's going to play too. 
there's just it's hard to love a game with a 218 and a half total. Knicks obviously playing at an insanely slow pace. You look over the last month, no one's even close to playing as slow as the Knicks have been. Is there anything that stands out to you from either side of this game? Well, I have absolutely zero of the New Orleans Pelicans, and the highest-owned guy is Herb Jones at 4%. So they put them in the list of like everybody else we talked about, where if you want to play Ingram or McCollum or Zion, go for it. Uh, as we look at the Knicks side, uh, I don't have a single share of a player on the New York Knicks. If you want to play Josh Hart or Jalen Brunson, go for it. But I don't have a, anybody in this entire game. Yeah, on FanDuel, we have a little bit more ownership going to Hart and Brunson. Hart at 15%, Brunson at 12%. Um, okay. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, Hart, Hart played 42 minutes last night, so I, I don't think anyone's gonna gonna argue something like that, right? You had Jalen Brunson get 40 minutes. So there's that. I mean, look, Josh, if nothing else, the playing time is there. Brunson's 9,500. Hart's 6,700. He's just strictly a guy that's going to be on the court for, you know, nearly the entirety of the of the whole game. Uh, even on a back-to-back, -back, I don't think Tibbs gives a shit. So I actually, I get the Hart owners. I get that Hart's the highest-owned player in this game, just given how many minutes he's playing. I mean, look at his last five. Uh, and I'd have to look to see how many of these went into overtime, but 44 or sorry, 42, 30, 44, 42, 42 for Josh. That's just crazy minutes for a February regular season basketball game. He just does it every night too. I mean, he's just out yeah. there soaking it up. That's how precious was for like two or three weeks. They started to yep. bring him back down. So I get that. I, I get why he would get ownership. I get why he would get some love and Brunson would get a little bit, but it's strictly a minutes play. And Brunson's good. Don't get me wrong, but all right. What a gross game though. It's real gross. Yeah. That's why you just bank on playing time in a spot like this, because otherwise, yep. how are you going to, how do you prioritize anybody unless they're playing like six more minutes per game than everyone else on the, on the, on the floor tonight? among these nine nine games and josh hart's just one of them yeah imagine if we just like projected new, the next for like normal starter minutes i mean these guys would be negatively owned. that's what yeah exactly it's the it's that's the only thing well i mean think about it that's you can you can you can glean that now from looking at the playing time on guys like hartenstein or or, or some of the others that are playing low 30s in minutes they're getting zero ownership whatsoever yeah it's it, like do you want to take the shot on Hartenstein today, getting that minutes bump? Even then, he doesn't like it. Doesn't unlock him as some great play. He's still sixty one hundred. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think ownership would be on Josh Hart today if he was facing the Hornets, given his recent playing time? Eleven or twelve. It still would be relatively limited. You think so? I would thought. Yeah. I would thought it'd be be higher than that in just like an, an ideal spot. I mean, even if you're giving him like. Let's just say that that gets to bump his projection by three fantasy points. Like that's still a relatively yeah, benign sure, sure. ranking for him. Anybody else? Not. I know the answer to that. Let's talk about the Spurs and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves thirteen point favorites, two twenty five and a half total. Uh, you were spot on with Wemby last game, by the way. He was good, but nowhere close to great. Certainly didn't need him. Finished with sub 50. Played um, like 60% of them. You told me you were getting essentially none of him earlier in the day. Yep. 
So that's how that's how it's gone for you recently. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, your strategy show analysis was spot on. I liked it at the beginning of the day. That's for sure. It's a real tough spot here, though. For it's is is a difficult matchup for the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, I'm not sure there's a ton of redeeming qualities here outside of Trey Jones being real cheap. Uh, Wemby's getting 3.6% on DraftKings, almost 10K now. On FanDuel, where Wembyama is 10.7, he's getting 2.7%. Another tough team to get to. It's a brutal matchup. They're two touchdown dogs on the road. I did get to a little bit of Trey Jones, who is 8% owned. That's the high mark, second highest optimal rate behind Wemby. I don't have a single share of anybody else here for San Antonio, which is not all that surprising when you face the number one defense and a team that doesn't exactly play fast. This, If you're ever going to have Wemby be in a tough spot, the size of the Minnesota Timberwolves is the way that you can do it. Like Even getting guys off of the wing for defense, someone like Jaden McDaniels, like he's just... This team is long. Their defense is exceptional. I think this is going to be tough sledding for Wemby, especially at 9,900. So I see it as Trey Jones and nothing else. Uh, is this matchup good enough for Minnesota? Right, You're talking about a bottom, bottom seven defensive team for the Spurs, top three team in pace. Is this good enough for us to get heavy on anybody here? Because it's just it's not appearing to be the case early in the day, despite how good this spot is. We're going to need Gobert to be out to really want to get to this team, but I think it's any one of the starters are about 10% owned. Edwards, McDaniels, Towns, Conley, Gobert. They're in that like 8 to 10 range, and that's about how I see it. I kind of like Edwards the most, but he's 9K, so that price tag is, is pretty real at this point. Um, Towns is probably my second favorite option, but what we're really hoping for is Gobert gets ruled out. You bump up Towns, who's 8,200, feel a little bit better there, and then you start wanting to, like, I mean, Nas Reed's already 5,700. That's not ideal, but you like these guys a little bit more if Gobert is out. I just don't think there's an overwhelming priority. Edwards has the 11% or 12% optimal rate, so it seems like uh, the boom bust tool is in agreement with me there. Josh asked, Josh of Los Angeles. If Gobert if Gobert sits, is Wemby underowned? No, I don't think that Gobert has much to do with Wemby. Battle of the Frenchmen in the front court today. Yeah, uh -huh. French bigs, baby. Yeah, yeah. If Gobert sits, though, that makes a massive difference. Gobert, uh, Wemby really is like a human baguette. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody needs to draw that with arms and legs, please. Yeah, how pop? I mean, looks like Slender Man. Yeah, I mean, in, in a big, big way there. I mean, he dressed up like him for Halloween. Did he really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Came to the arena in it. As Slender Man? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. People thought Embiid was making fun of him when he walked by him in that one game. And it yeah. was like, like that or like did no, I it's probably stark when you're a seven foot one dude and you look up five more inches at somebody or whatever it is exactly that's what it was uh he it's like when you see up. Shaq next to Yao Ming and it's just like Jesus like crazy you think Shaq is like Shaq is a, a monster makes everybody look like uh, they're standing next to a Lego dude makes and then, Barkley look tiny yeah. yeah and then like Shaq's giving it one of these to Yao Ming now Yeah, it's uh, it's different. 
I think it was also probably just the fact that he's so tall and thin. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, if if Gobert sits, what do you think ownership in this front court looks like today? Against I don't think it goes crazy because Nas Reed's price is already like relatively high. You know, you get him to like 27 minutes or something. He's all right. I think Towns probably gets up into that like 14, 15 range. Probably doesn't have a huge effect on Edwards. You can probably look at like Kyle Anderson a little bit more. I don't think it makes anybody from Minnesota look amazing, but they certainly firm up because you just, they're not going to go crazy. Like the minutes are just going to go to most of these guys that are already playing. You're right though. Nas Reed, 5,700 on DraftKings, 5,800 on FanDuel. Yeah, not a lot of value left to squeeze out of that. At 4,500, you're probably playing him everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, he would be close to lock button status. Paulo Bancaro is present at shoot around. Anything else for uh, San Antonio and Minnesota? No. All right. And yeah, one more time. Shout out to our boy, Greg Ehrenberg. Chopping the, uh, the 100K yesterday. Represent the Sims tool, man. I guarantee one thing he did. Or does. Maybe yesterday was a slightly different scenario because we got a lot of that news early. The late swap feature is going to make it. I mean, our, our CEO, Tom Kennedy, every time he wins, which has been frequently lately, using the Sims tool, um, every time he wins and he tweets something, Josh, it's the same theme. It's like just late swap and late swap and late yep. swap. That's all it is. And, you know, to a lot of people, that probably comes off as like, yeah, but I don't want to have to spend all that time. It's like it's two minutes a time. It's two minutes a shot. You go in there, you put your lineups in. Well, you don't have to late swap on Friday. I know. I know. We'll see how that yeah. goes over. They cut the late games off, but got rid of late. They brought in no late swap. It makes no sense. I saw Adam and some other people discussing this about how it's like, yeah, for the casual player, they they would enjoy it more. But then the opposite side of that, and I agree with this. Yeah, it, uh, I know where you're going, and this is my sentiment as well. The moment someone catches a zero and they realize, like, oh, my God, every other guy has a flame emoji, they're just – that happens two times, and they're like, screw this, man. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, I, I don't want it. I don't care one way or the other. Late swap's so easy to me that it really doesn't change my life any longer. Um, but yeah, I think, I think casuals taking zeros is the biggest negative impact of any of these changes. It is absolutely. Yeah. And it's going to, I don't think it sticks. We, we, we've had this experiment before. Let them experiment. The late swap tool will be uh, in full force, super impactful, but yeah. uh, yeah, you guys ever want to check the Sims tool out link in the description link is in chat. We have the contest generator, which is essentially just trying to replicate the field that you're playing in. Like to have yeah. those lineups. Uh, and then you go in the, uh, the pre-contest simulator, you sim them against themselves thousands of times. So you're simming the contest tens of thousands of times, and then you're getting all of the best lineups across those sims. This is what people were doing long before we had it, like professional players. Yeah. But a lot of people weren't particularly pleased that we released this tool. But no. um, look, there's other sims tools out there. They just aren't as good. Uh, you can check it out for yourself. It's awesome, man. Super simple, too. It takes minutes. And you don't even have to do anything crazy. Like, you can run factory settings on these. You want to upload your own projections ownership? You can. You want to yeah. adjust them? You can. You want to do ROI boosts? All of that stuff. Like, you know, manually adjust exposures. It's very doable.
but you don't have to. You don't have to. And not just the fadeaway, but I say to you all the time, like we've seen so many people in the mini max and the four point play and some of those representing the Sims with the avatar, throwing it out there, being like, dude, yeah. I took it down three times in the past month. Yeah. Sean Jeezy does it constantly. Yeah. Twice a week. Yeah. They renamed the damn contest after him. Try it for a week. Try it for a month. Single sport. If you want to do all access for all the sports you can. And as you guys know, if you rock the stochastic avatar on top of that, you're getting a huge discount every month. Uh, yeah. And as always, the lineup generator. Like, you won't find a better entry-level tool that's giving you objectively good lineups every single time, better than you're going to build by hand. If you look at the Sims and you go, you know what, that's a little bit much for me. Um, is there something else out there that I can use to 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 step up as a stepping stone to eventually get up to the Sims? Lineup generator, weekly for one sport or all access across the month. We basically have something for anybody at this point. We're trying to make it a lot more accessible not just for people that have a ton of money to burn, but people that want to use good tools and win money and make good lineups. John Isaac out. I saw that. Saw that. So yeah, link in the description and in chat. Uh, and if you ever have questions, DMs are open and Greg's done some awesome tutorials, as I always mentioned. Charlotte, 14 and a half point road dogs against Milwaukee. 220 and a half total. So low to low total in this game, but most of it's going to the Milwaukee Bucks. We can kick it off with Charlotte. Uh, Cody Martin getting a little bit of ownership at a cheap price point, point guard, uh, shooting guard eligibility. Aside from that, it's like a little bit to Brandon Miller. There's just not a lot to love here. Uh, unless you're a big Vasily Misic fan who is 15% owned and 6% optimal. He is also in 16% of my lineups. Point guard, shooting guard eligible, 4K. This is not a play that will stick around as value starts to open up throughout the day, but he's a 4K guy at a like reasonable enough position and price that he helps unlock things at the top. After that, it's, I don't know, maybe a little bit of Cody Martin. He's 8% optimal. Brandon Miller's 8% optimal. Just single digits across the board. It's a good enough spot in that Milwaukee's defense isn't great and they do play fast, but Charlotte's offense is probably the worst in the league. Um, they have a 103 and a half implied total in this spot. That is disgusting to think about. That Misich ownership will go away and you will get back to playing essentially nothing from the Hornets, which is what you should feel like you want to do. I think Damian Lillard looks kind of nice here tonight on the other side. It's a, a good spot. Charlotte can't defend from beyond the arc. You know, there's still no Chris Middleton. You look at Damian Lillard and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, and those are the only two guys that have been capable playmakers, passers on this team since Middleton went down. Uh, you know, this isn't to say that it's a, a two-man operation by any stretch, but Lillard, man, like the, he ha we haven't seen that huge, huge explosion game from him recently. Mind you, you're facing Denver, Miami, Minnesota. This matchup at home against Charlotte, the only real concern is that it gets out of control too early and he doesn't play as many minutes as we'd like. I thought I was going to have a little bit more of Milwaukee today, especially Dame, who I have projected quite well. Did not get a single share of Dame. Wow. Did not get a single share of Giannis. I got one of Bobby Portis and one of Jay Crowder. This whole team is like 4% owned except for Lillard and, and Giannis. The matchup is clearly amazing. Uh, they're slowly working Danilo Gallinari into the mix now. Um, lucky them. Just what you need. A completely cooked dude that can't do anything other than stand and shoot. Whatever. Congratulations to Milwaukee for that one. 
I would like to get to more Dame. And I'm hoping if we create some value, maybe I start getting to him just because he projects better than most of the dudes that I've looked at so far. And 8,600 is not exactly a problematic price tag. I just don't have it. I, I, I don't know what it is that's driving it. I think it's just that we have such great plays. Like that Atlanta team and that Atlanta game itself is just so good. I'm having trouble getting away from that. And then we're going to talk about the Bulls in a second. Another team that I have a ton of. Um, they just look a lot better. Whereas I think Milwaukee is just sort of properly priced. If you were looking though, at like Damian. Okay. So this is the only question. Look at some of these price points relative to Murray. Yeah. Or I'm sorry to Lillard. You have DeJounte Murray, essentially the same price. Kyrie, yeah. not going to be getting the much of that. Maxi not going to be getting the much of that. There's what one. There's so many point guards, dude. There's so there's, many point guards. There's four point guards in that range within three hundred dollars of each other. And that says nothing for Brunson, Curry, right. Mitchell, right. all above that. Luca, yep. all the way at the tippy top. I Even was just talking like about the four paid. guys between eighty six and eighty nine hundred. Yeah, it's just you're inundated with options in this range of like very similar looking guys. I think I'd still go, like, if I'm ranking those four, it would be Murray, Lillard, and then Maxie and Irving. It doesn't really matter. I mean, jump, scramble them however you want. But um, that's probably one of the reasons, when you look at all these guards, why you're not getting it to Lillard. Yeah. But still a heck of a good spot for Dame today against the Charlotte Hornets. I, I would like to get a lot more than the zero I have right now. That one doesn't make me feel good. He grades out way better on paper than me having none of him. Jordan, were we getting any Dame in the Sims in your Sims run? Also, do you have a blanket on you? That's Snuggie. Is it a Snuggie or a blanket? Okay. Yeah. Are you cranking? There? And so cow, huh, dude? Are you kidding me? Jerk off. Seventy, it's cold. Today's gonna be sixty-two, and we're like nearing record highs. <laughs> Sixty-three for me right now. Brisk, apparently, to Jordan. It's fifty-four here, which is mm, that's shot. great. It's been shit lately. <laughs> Someone just DM me. Damn, you couldn't sleep last night and started watching Apocalypto. Couldn't stop. Pretty good. That's no, a great movie. Mel Gibson? How, yeah, hell of a movie. Yeah. Hell of a movie. Have you watched I figured, it? I figured you'd be a big Mel Gibson guy. I know why you say that, and I'm not going to take the bait. But yeah, huge Mel Gibson fan when it comes to making movies. What about phone calls? Well, Premier phone call guy. Voice, vo best voicemails around. Yeah, people, the, Hollywood didn't love that now, did they? But I mean, no, uh, and the, there were those PN. I mean, telling your gal you're going to bury her in the Rose Garden is probably right. not the way you want to leave a voicemail. I mean, we can agree that's kind of hilarious. But uh, he made a movie about a hand puppet beaver, man. Listen, listen, Apocalypto is one of the sweetest movies ever. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge was sick. Uh, Patriot, Braveheart. The man knows how to make a movie. The man knew how to make a movie. Still Passion done. of the Christ. 
You know, I have to go back and watch that again. I saw it once. Everyone says it was a really good movie. I feel like it's like I've never seen Titanic, but I feel like it's the same situation. I know the ending. I can't watch it now. Yeah, we, I'm going to watch it, though. Josh, Los Angeles, Lobby's best picture of 2023 was The Sound of Freedom. Now, nah, I didn't watch it, dude. It got too much, got too much hype from I won't I won't go too far into that. First of all, I have no interest in watching. I'm well aware that that stuff is an issue. Uh, I have no interest in watching that stuff and subjecting myself to that type of torture. But um, nah, dude, go watch Apocalypto if you haven't done so yet. It's excellent. Even Daddy's Home 2. How about Daddy's Home 2? I mean, I've searched for that before, but I don't think it's the same movie. It really, it really does have a porno vibe to the name, doesn't it? Yeah, like I said, I probably have that on a shelf somewhere in a box or something. Will Ferrell. So Mel Gibson is Mark Wahlberg's dad in that. And it's John like, Lithgow, right? Yeah, dude, it's act people people will hate on that. It's legitimately funny. It's it's a good flick. That's one of those movies that you watch on like a cross-country flight on a shitty airline. And you enjoy every moment of it. Well, if you took your drugs correctly before you got on the plane. Didn't need to, man. Ah, well, you should really start taking edibles before flights because that's the only way planes are awesome. Drugs and myself don't have a, a great reaction. Ah, weed's not a drug. Well, actually, they have too good of a reaction, one might say. Weed's not a drug. Yeah, never really loved it, though. Yeah, but that's because you didn't take an edible and hop on a plane and think, I'm in a metal tube flying yeah, through that the is sky. The la- that, is the, that is the last thing I need to do. I was very confident that my pilot was doing barrel rolls once. Look, for me, it was pop a handful of Xanax bars and wake up somewhere else. Okay? Yeah, no. Uh, we can't go back there, all right? Those times have long passed, and fortunately so. Chicago, 11-point favorites, 225 total. This wraps us up. Uh, yeah. now that I'm looking at this, so are there no nine o'clock games? Yeah, so eight o'clock. There's a seven to eight. Well, there, there are, yeah, everything so stops by eight, but there are that's games what I mean, after on this that. Slate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 seven to eight. So when I'm live for playback tonight with Greg, we will have the entire slate lock while we're live. That's kind of that's perfect. Yeah, so we're going to hit news from 7 to 7.30. We'll hit news from 7.30 to 8. Like, we can mess around and put something together for the 8 o'clock games tonight. It should be a good one. If you guys do hang out a little bit later, it just it's a good time. I, I'm going to jump on. Uh, Katie's got a work dinner tonight, so I've got nowhere to be. I could sit there all night. Oh, hell yeah. You know what? I might. I might I might go grab some beer, hang out, have a few. There you go. It'll be fun. Yeah, check us out on Playback. I know most of you guys are already there, but uh, that should be fun. Josh is back today. Yeah, if, I'll, I'll hit you up. <laughs> Uh, real quick though, I'll hit you up closer to to eight. See what see what's going on, and then I'll be uh, there. pop in. Pop. Have in. you seen Saltburn yet? No, I haven't. Was that good? No, I saw mixed reviews on it. There's a lot of uh, very notable scenes in the movie. I didn't um, really enjoy the movie itself. By notable scenes, can I just go ahead and take a guess at what you're talking about and probably be right? Maybe. What type of notable scenes are we referring to? Do you have, do you know anything about this? No. Then you don't, you won't be able to guess these things. <laughs> okay. Uh, at one, do you know, do you want, do you guys watch Euphoria? No, I tried. I didn't like it. It was just, I didn't like it. Okay. So I'm going to spoiler alert for you guys on this one. Uh, the lead dude from Euphoria, Jacob Elordi, the, the, the hunky gentleman. 
um, is one of the lead men in this movie. He takes a bath and then the gentleman that he invited over to his house waits until he leaves said bathroom and then hops in the bathtub and drinks the bath water. Were you going to land on that one? No, but it's exactly the direction I was going. The, the over... Sure. Yeah, but no, I didn't think he would be drinking another man's bath. Water. Since I don't expect you to watch this because you shouldn't, um, a lot of people die in the movie. He ends up being the the one that lives. It's kind of a talented Mr. Ripley situation. Anyway, um, he rolls up to the grave of said dead person. It's just a camera shooting a, a, a cemetery scene. He takes all his clothes off, gives the old pound town to the top of the grave. Yeah. It's a yeah, weird uh... movie, man. Weird movie. That wasn't in the script either. He was just like, um, hey, director, let's just set up a camera and we'll see where this goes. They kept it. He banged He banged the dirt. Oh, he wasn't even pumping off. He was banging the dirt? Yes. He made himself a little dirt fleshy and gave it the biz. Yeah, I'm good on that. <laughs> yeah, they're, and they're like... There are more examples of this weirdness throughout the movie. You're yeah. watching something with the guy in it that does it, Barry Keoghan or whatever. He's probably another one of your cousins. Um, uh, this is a lot of uh, like planes and shit. What? I, I know you just said you were watching. I, I'm almost positive you said you were just watching this. It's like a mini series or oh, something. Oh, Maybe. Masters of the Air. Yeah, yeah, he's in that, right? I don't know. I could look. Almost positive. The, the Irish dude. Okay. Yeah, Masters of the Air. Is, He's the uh, one that drinks the bathwater and bangs the dirt. <laughs> oh, man. Dirt water, ba dirt, dirt banging bathwater, drinking yeah. Irishman, huh? That's Just <laughs> full close-up of him being like... <laughs> it's such an odd thing to do. I don't understand that. I mean, I don't want to drink Jacob Elordi's bathwater. Give me Sydney Sweeney's in there I might be in. A little Sydney Sweeney tea. I'm good on any of that. The whole yeah, like, I don't want to drink the dirty water of any human being. The whole I drink your bathwater is hilarious, and whenever I see it in comments, I laugh hysterically because I just think it's a like to do something like to actually depict that on film is just mental illness. We've just reached a stage of mental illness. Yeah, it was it was gross. You know what else is gross? The Detroit Pistons today. Second of I would rather drink bath water than be on the Pistons. I was going to go there too. Uh, going from playing the slowest paced team yesterday in the Knicks to the second slowest paced team in the league in the Chicago Bulls today. I don't have a single share of a Detroit Piston today. Um, after having a lot of Quentin Grimes, which actually worked out okay yesterday. Uh, looks like highest... we lost some. Looks like we lost some viewers on that last conversation. That's fair. Sorry, go ahead. That's fair. 5% owned to Durin, high mark, 4% optimal to Durin, high mark. You're not playing the Pistons in this spot. Bulls are 25th in pace. They're actually a mid-tier defensive team. This is just a straight no-go for the Pistons. What about on the other side with Chicago? It's a straight yes-go. This is the most owned team on the slate, I believe. Yeah, 113% in the aggregate. 25 to Caruso, 30 to Desunmu, 15 to Kobe White, 25 to DeRozan, another 16 to Vooch. I am over on every single one of those guys. I've got Caruso, heavy. Desunmu, my most exposed player today. Kobe White, 2X. DeRozan, 2X. Vooch, 
a little bit over the field. Detroit is awful. They're the 29th ranked defense. They play fast enough that it's interesting. Chicago, like the Chicago Bulls are 11 and a half point favorites at home. This is a team that's like probably not going to make the playoffs and they're still 11 point favorites at home. Uh, we have 20% optimal rate to Desunmu, 17 to Caruso, 13 to DeRozan, around 10 for White and Vooch. This team looks fantastic, and I want to have a ton of it because a matchup against the Pistons is a dream spot. This is the team that I have the most exposure to, and it is the team that is the most owned right now. I am jamming Chicago Bulls chalk. Let's wrap it up. Appreciate you guys hanging out, as always. Um, favorite top-tier play today? And we'll go north of, you know what? I'm going to do it a little differently because I know you're not getting to Giannis. I know you're not getting to to Luca. So let's yeah. go 8, 8K and up. Is it DeJounte Murray? It is DeJounte Murray. Favorite mid-range guy because a lot of good 7K options in this slate. Kyle Kuzma. Favorite value mid-range, like the 5K range. Io DeSumo. And then let's go cheap. Taylor Hendricks is 4,100. That's the guy that I have the most of. All right. Hey, deeper dive live before lock tonight. Uh, remember, first match deposit up to 500 bucks on Sleeper. Really solid. A lot of free squares, not just for new users, but for everybody. They're always throwing them out there. Everything's in the description for you guys. Sims, lineup generator, whatever it is you need. And uh, we'll be on playback tonight after live before lock. So come hang out. It's been a ton of fun. Watch the games with us. There's no delay. There's everything synced up. We it's go straight. Yeah, it's it's great. Like YouTube has a delay. Everything we're saying, you're catching like eight seconds later. You can watch Deeper Diving Live before lock on playback too. But the, the late show, the post lock show will be there. So we'd love to see you guys hang out. Come say hi. Shoot the shit in chat. Let's sweat some bets, some DFS together. And we'll see you back here tomorrow for the next one. Peace. Peace.